What's good, everybody? I'm Joe. This is your Daily Shot of Inspiration. Thank you so much for being here with me today. It's Sunday. That means that we are talking to somebody inspiring, somebody funny, somebody intuitive, and somebody that might be a paranormal investigator. How about that? That's right. Today we are talking with Karen Rontowski. Karen is a comedian. She's been everywhere in the in the world of comedy. She's been on The Late Show with David Letterman, Comics Unleashed, Comedy.com, Live at Gotham, Comedy Central, Mysteries of the Unexplained, everywhere. She's also been a panelist on, a paranormal panelist on, at, wow, how about that? I'm just all over the place. She was also a paranormal panelist at the Los Angeles Comic Con. She's a ghost hunter paranormal investigator, tarot card reader, and super fun. We talk about all of the things from paranormal to tarot cards to comedy to getting her start in comedy. And then at the end, we jump into the creative process of joke writing. And then it's more than just getting up on stage and telling a funny story. There's a process, there's a science behind this, and we're going to chat about it today in this episode. Please head to the show notes, click on the link for Karen, go to her website, follow her on our socials, sign up. Karen has an amazing course that she's working on with a friend of hers to create a psych, uh, to create an energetic field of protection around you, ways to protect yourself when you're working with the paranormal or connecting to your intuitive guides. And this program is on a scale, pay what you can. So check that out, head to our website, link is in the show notes, or just go to Karen Rontowski, R-O-N-T-O-W-S-K-I.com. Now, before we jump into this episode, I want to let everybody know that this Wednesday night, April 26th, at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, I'm recording one of these things, a live podcast, live on Instagram. Live. How about that? There's going to be a live podcast recording on Instagram Live this Wednesday night at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. My good friend Gattern is going to be on. He is a singer-songwriter. He is the founder of the band Kill the Alarm, and he has written songs for a shit ton of people. And he's going to be on. We're going to be talking about the creative process in songwriting. We're going to be talking about creativity in general, and hopefully we'll be able to get him to sing us a song. So I'd love for you to join us, bring your questions on creativity, bring your questions on songwriting, and maybe we'll be able to get to them. Thank you all for being here. Like, subscribe, do all that good stuff. The Thursday Manifestation Mastermind group starts May the 4th. You're going to have to hit the link in the show notes because I'm not even sure what time this Thursday group is happening anymore. Things are changing, but hit that link in the show notes. Join us every Thursday in May, and now I'm going to be quiet. You're all going to kick back and enjoy today's episode. All right. Hey, everybody. I'm Joe. This is the Daily Shot of Inspiration weekend interview series, and today I'm with Karen Rontowski, the host of Paranormal Karen and comedian. <laughs> and Karen, seriously, I, 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 I need to ask, who, who wrote? the song because every time i listen to your podcast all day they're like paranormal karen she's so it's all the time i send amy a message i'm like paranormal karen's in my head she won't get out of my head 
Well, I am actually very sloppy with details like that. So literally when I started my podcast, I went online and I said on Facebook, who let's have a contest who can write my song. And my friend Joe just put that up and I was like, that's it. And that it was that easy. It has to be easier. It won't get done. Mm -hmm. And it has turned into such an earworm. It's ridiculous. Oh, it's great. It's great. <laughs> it's also like, oh, she's funny too. Uh, I absolutely love it. But thank you just for that. Just from right the beginning. Because most intros, I'll be like, oh, we fast forward. And you're like, yeah, uh-huh. This is just how we're starting the day today. This is so great. Um, I'm curious, um, with comedy and uh, paranormal and podcasting, I'm, I'm, what is it with you comedians and getting on the mic, <laughs> starting a podcast and then getting in the weird shit? <laughs> Well, we didn't get a lot of attention as kids, um, and we have found this to be the easiest route to more attention. And, uh, you know, it's funny. I held off as long as I could. I think my podcast has been on maybe probably more than five years, maybe 10. I don't know. I have no concept of time, mm -hmm. but uh, somebody had to talk me into it, and I had to do one with them. And now it's just like a part of everything i got the podcast i do the tarot readings i do all things paranormal and comedy mm -hmm. was paranormal all the tarot in your world before the podcast how did this how did how did how did how did you become spooky <laughs> <laughs> well i have always been spooky i had several psychic experiences when i was a kid and i was always into it in fact it's always funny i am always amazed when i run into a non-believer because i am completely i've always just been a believer i've been like i don't know how you can't do this so i was always into haunted stuff and this is a weird timeline but i started doing comedy i think when i was 24 and i started uh kind of going to tarot readers at that time. And I picked up tarot uh, probably 28 or so. They really coincided. And what happened was when I was on the road, I would doing comedy, I would just go to haunted places and try to investigate. And then that's when Ghost Hunters started to come on TV. And my biggest sort of initiation was I reached out to, they had a paranormal, very few like paranormal internet. The sound was terrible. Mm -hmm. Um, there was, I reached out to a couple of them and said, does anybody want a paranormal comedian? I could do funny paranormal things. And one guy reached out to me. He is still not only like my, one of my best friends, he's a TV director, producer, editor. He's doing my next special and he is pretty much a demonologist. And when I met him, it was like, it was like starting at the best, like he taught me so much. And then that's just been it. It's like, it was so nice to have a life where I just picked these things and there's no veering from the plan. Mm -hmm. That's so <laughs> awesome. That's so awesome. Um, I, <clears throat> I'm in Freeland, Pennsylvania, near Wilkes-Barre, Scranton, Allentown. And growing up here, there's a bunch of creepy places. Mm -hmm. And not far from where I am, there's this um, little town called Weatherly. And there's the Weatherly Cemetery, and it's this old, spooky, as all 
hell cemetery. <laughs> and as you drive into it, it's like a tunnel of trees, you know, as you're leading in and it's very spooky and growing up, supposedly a mean old man, right. Was the caretaker and did all of the things, but it seriously was the creepiest place. And we would go there at night and scare the shit out of ourselves and then jump in the <laughs> car and, and drive away and be like, did somebody do that? What happened? Right. Like what <laughs> happened? And not far from there, there used to be uh, an insane asylum that they just Aww. shut down in the mid 70s when they were doing that. We're just like, just go ahead, close the doors, let them out. And it was on top of a mountain. And it just this was like this abandoned little town. So, of course, we would go up there. But everybody, not everybody, you know, other weirdos would go up there, too. And it's like, did something just happen? Or is that somebody messing with us? And you never really knew because you didn't know mm -hmm. it was a big enough space. But like all of that stuff has kind of been floating around in my reality, but never to be like, I think I want to go hunt them or look for them <laughs> or say, hey, what's up, guys? You know? Um, <laughs> yes. How, uh, how did, did your friend, was the same Dave? I'm sorry. Is the name Dave? Uh, Tom. Tom. Tommy. Sorry. I don't know where Dave came from. They, Dave was Dave. actually, Dave was actually his partner at the how, time. How about that? Maybe Dave <laughs> yeah. is with us right now. Yeah, his paranormal partner, not his. Uh, uh -huh. He's uh, he has a wife. I could be. I don't know why I went that way. <laughs> no it's one cares. Okay. Tommy doesn't care either. <laughs> um, was that like your first, um, like paranormal, like going out, like being like, let's dive in and see what we find? Am I scared? Uh, <laughs> yes. Well, it, I was scared. Actually, it's kind of funny because fear it's I, I'll, I have a couple of places to start with this. Yes. First of all, the next time I play Wilkesbury, I play the casino down there. We'll have you to a show. No way. I'll yes. totally come. That'll be so awesome. <laughs> yes. And Pennsylvania and upstate New York, where I live, are the whole East Coast is so crazy haunted it's it, like what where I live, we have uh, uh, the Underground Railroad, we have the Civil War, we have the Revolutionary War. We had, um, first of all, the city I live in was a huge um, mob retirement place. So I'm literally living in one of the most haunted places. Not exactly by choice. I had to move up here out of L.A. for a little bit, take care of my folks. Mm -hmm. But I have always just... I, I have, I'm like an adrenaline junkie. So I always did want to see, I always do want to know. I did see as a little kid and have several experiences. And once you have that experience, no matter what it is, everyone can have one experience and they're either all out or all in. They're ready for another one. They want to see another one. But the more you kind of get into the industry uh, of paranormal. And the more you talk to people and the more you talk to the people that really know what's going on, like my friend is just, my friend Tommy has so much information and there's so many things I could tell you where each step you'd be like, oh my God, what is that? What is that? Like, for example, sometimes people will go and see a spirit that is not walking on the ground that is like knees and it's moving across the floor knees only and what you find out is you look into the history of the house and you find out that that floor wasn't where it was it was actually lower to where that was the spirit walking when the floor was lower that's why you only see half of it and you find out all these curious little things that you just keep wanting to know more because it's so fascinating 
fascinating yes <laughs> and like but it, there's this little piece of me like and i'd love like you know sitting and doing being me right pulling my oracle cards and doing being me but i feel like i'm in my safe little bubble right like i'm mm -hmm. not saying hey hey let's let's see and this definitely comes from a long long time ago in a land far away when i was a freshman in college ghost hunters came to the school i went to mansfield mm. university mm. and I, I think it was the people that did that creepy doll Anna, annabelle oh you got to talk to the warrens i think it was them i didn't go oh i went out, I went out to party <laughs> other friends went and then we all gathered back at the dorms afterwards and they were telling us the stories and one of the things they said was don't challenge them if you mm -hmm. challenge them, then they're going to be like, all right, let's go. Let's, let's do this. Yes. Yes. Right? Don't start. Don't start a fight with something you can't see. In fact, uh, uh, you know, it's kind of a consensus. There's first of all, there's a lot of different things. There's human ghosts. People think there's humans, ghosts, and then there's demons. But there's actually a whole lot in between there. And that's where it gets kind of murky with what are you dealing with? Because I work with um, I work with my friend Tommy and we help people that have incredibly haunted houses. We help them get things out mm -hmm. and you kind of have to know what you're dealing with. But no, you never challenge. And another mistake a lot of people make when they ghost on is they say you can touch me. That's giving something permission and you do not want to do that. And you want to treat them like you would treat a stranger. You want to treat them with respect and ask and they'll tell you if they don't want you there and you'll know if something is nasty and you should get out. But it's really funny earlier when you were talking about the insane asylum, people don't realize cemeteries are not always haunted because spirits kind of don't stay with the body. They stay more, you know, they'd go back and haunt their house or something like that. Mm -hmm. They're just kind of this conglomeration of places where people mourn. So they do kind of get some dark stuff, but insane asylums and abandoned insane asylums are crazy. And I used to, I think I was one of the last ones that got to go in and investigate Linda Vista hospital in Los Angeles. And you see these places, you're exactly right. They sometimes they left the desk desk with the files open. They just mm -hmm. walk out like people think somebody cleaned it up. No, no. One day everybody just walked out, which is even creepier. But insane. right, that's how this place was. <laughs> like we would just sit there and look through the files, and I was just like, "What happened here?" Because uh -huh. you know, it's like everyone just vanished, uh -huh. and now there's all of this stuff. Yeah, super and super creepy. And insane asylums do have a tendency to uh, gather demonic people and those spirits stay there. So it is, those are one of the places you have to be the most careful that nothing follows you home. Mm -hmm. So this is a, a really kind of crazy story. <laughs> about that. And, and, but bad because it happened in real like life. So we, a bunch of, like we, a bunch of us would go there one night we were there. We were in, 10th grade, I think, mm -hmm. 11th grade, 10th or 11th grade. And someone said, this would be the best place to hide out if like you killed somebody. <coughs> who would, who would think of finding you there? Mm -hmm. No lie. About a week and a half later, someone that was with us killed somebody. <gasps> yeah. And like, uh, not that he hid there, but it was just like this, like, what the fuck? Like, yeah. Did something happen there? You know, that that created this this shift in this kid that played football with us. 
right to to do this but yeah. it was one of those like what the what mm -hmm. uh, <laughs> well that's so, a very interesting phenomenon that sort of has two things to it which is the first one is i do believe in the collective consciousness so yeah. that could have he could have really picked that up somebody would have picked that up and been like oh if i had done that now i don't know if there was any more to the story and this may not apply to that story but after um seeing going investigating i changed my view on the death penalty because i have seen people get taken over not by demons sometimes just by other spirits but i have seen someone for a temporary amount of time become somebody else and when people drink uh which i'm not against drinking at all <laughs> uh -huh. Uh -huh. um they compromise their aura and when they black out that is almost like things can get in mm -hmm. i heard somebody say that once and said why do you think it's called spirits mm -hmm. exactly exactly really and you wow. will every once in a while hear a story of someone and this is a really strange example but you know everyone that knows mel gibson when he's not drinking thinks he's the greatest, nicest man in the world. And then the minute he gets drunk, that's a different person. That's kind of freaky. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Also freaky. I have to ask, <laughs> when you said you and your friend go and remove these mm -hmm. spirits, entities, right? I instantly go to, are you putting them in a box? Like, what are we doing? With <laughs> you know, well, like where, where we got the little Ghostbuster thing, we're sucking them up. Like, what what is happening? Well, it kind of depends what's going on and like how, um, uh, if it's a human spirit, usually they, they are usually not as much a problem. They're usually, uh, you can get used to, in fact, if someone is having trouble with a human spirit, like this is the guy that lived here before, we will usually have them leave the house and then we will come into the house and go through their things and steal some money. No, just kidding. We will <laughs> we will start the investigation with us there. So they are not opening a dialogue. We are. But with a human ghost, you can sort of either learn to live together or cross the person over. Now, when you're getting into something else, which could be anything from fey or uh, jinn or and there's and demon is a, a different level. Uh, there are different ways to sort of keep them at bay. In fact, it's, I just put out on my website, I put a, a class for spiritual protection. It's me and Tommy and it's four classes. And we put all these different prices. People can pay whatever they want because we think the information should be out there. So if you have mm -hmm. 250, it's 250. If you have 19, it's 19. But we go through all the things of keeping your ener personal energy clear, keeping your house clear. If you have people at work giving you a hard time, all the way up to things to do if there's something really awful in your house. So I'm not sure if I answered that question correctly. No, 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 you, totally. <laughs> um, and I love that, right? You know, because I it comes up a lot for it's been interesting with with this social growth that I've been having on Instagram. And I've been getting a lot of nice comments, uh -huh. like as opposed to people who are like, are people saying like mean shit? I'm like, no, like people are being really nice. Yeah. But a lot of people are like, you got to protect yourself. You got to protect yourself. Mm -hmm. like, and I'm like, call in your spirit team. I'm like, of course, we're calling in our spirit team. But I, I, I've been getting a lot of people who are just like, 
You just can't call in anybody. We're like, I'm not saying call in anybody, right? I was, hey, who's ever out there, right? I'm calling in my people, right? Like my tribe. But I do notice that there is, a, 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 I think, a calling for people to have more of a clarity on mm-hmm. how to protect themselves in any kind of way. Pulling tarot, oracle, going to slay demons, Yes, which we don't suggest. We're very, we're very particular about who we send in that situation and what we do, because I have made mistakes and ended up, you learn very much from your mistakes, I will just say that. (laughs) But Mm -hmm. also, yes, and it can be anything from, uh, it's actually very simple, but sometimes this class will give people ideas, um, very simple, you know, I always, when I lived in my last apartment, I, over every door, I put a sticker of the eye of Horus, which is a symbol of protection. And it shut all the activity down. It was very, very interesting, but you can use rosemary. You can use herbs. You can use lavender. All these things are tools to just keep the activity down in your house. Lavender is a wonderful one to sort of just always have around or be, have a diffuser. That is like just layers and layers of calm. A lot of people don't realize vanilla or anything sweet actually amps up activity. Interesting. Interesting. So there's all these little details. And the thing that's great about it is it's all very inexpensive. It's not like hundred dollar crystals or anything like that. It's probably stuff you have in your cabinet. Right. I was going to say, I literally have two lavender, like those dried bush bushes. Oh, in yeah. my kitchen oh, <laughs> right, right now like how, how perfect that's great and the funny thing is i i rent off of my best friend who lives right next door in this row house and this row home used to be a mule house so oh. we used to keep mules mules here so it's super old and then his grandmother lived here and his dad lived here and both of them has passed so little things will happen i'll be like could you tell your grandma to stop messing with me yes <laughs> I'll be like, your dad stopped by last night, and seriously, he needs to stop moving shit around. <laughs> yes, exactly. That ha- Well, it happens in my house, but I think it, I'm in a very, I really think uh, upstate New York, Pennsylvania, and Ohio, crazy haunted. Crazy haunted. Mm-hmm. Even, I'm probably, you get back, I haven't been in Massachusetts in a long time, but all that area, just in, you can't throw a stick without hitting a spirit. Mm-hmm. You, you feel it it mm-hmm. definitely feels it and i'm cool feeling it and every once in a while i'll be like but i'm not th- like i don't i don't want to see shit i do <laughs> <laughs> and i've seen a lot i don't want to see but i want to see more <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah i've always been like growing up i remember watching um end times prophecies mm-hmm. it was on the discovery channel or one of those and like seeing nostradamus and be like that'd be super cool but i don't want to see it i want to know shit <laughs> I want to see it. And that was like, like play more in this world. I'm like, okay, this is cool, but I still don't want to see shit. Yeah. I'm still cool. with just being like, I hear the shit, get the feeling, you know, like, okay, I got it. I'm getting the message, but I don't, I'm, I'm not quite ready to see some of anything. Well, I have seen some stuff and then you probably, even with your guides or something, see things in your mind. I see weird things in my mind and what is, crazy is when another medium or psychic will be over and they'll be like did you see this and i'm like yes i know exactly what you're talking about <laughs> but i think there's something like and again i'm sure for everybody who's listening this might sound a little batshit crazy but i feel a little safer with the things that i see mm-hmm. in my mind 
right? Yes. So when earlier when I was like, is that an octopus on your shirt? So me and the octopus are really good friends. Mm. And I have this painting that was recently done by an intuitive painter, Jesse. Jesse, I'm sorry, Jesse, your last name is skipping from my head. There's an octopus on there. Ah. It's a wizard, a wizard octopus. And, and it's like the octopus, my octopus friend just keeps showing up. It's like this little sign. So when you pop in, I'm like, oh, an octopus, of course, there's an octopus. But the first octopus that showed up, I was on a, a really lot of mushrooms and it looked beautiful. It was in my mind's eye, right? It was oh. so beautiful. And those things, like I'm cool with that, like being in that space. And this is probably going to sound even crazier. Every once in a while I have um, sleep paralysis. Uh-huh. But it's with that big giant bird that looks like a dinosaur. It's giant. And it has like a really big beak. Uh-huh. I, uh, I'll send you a picture. Okay. But every once in a while it shows up and it sits on my chest. And it's just like sleep paralysis. And it's just he's just hanging out there. And like for some reason I'm okay with that. It's like when I'm in this conscious state of being awake, I don't want to see shit <laughs> running around right i want to catch something and be like what what was that because i think that i'm i'm always going to be like you know yeah if you know like, yes that's the line is to try and keep it out of your house and and when have it when you want it but uh-huh. do you know what they found out about uh octopus dna Besides their alien? No. Yes. (laughs) They have three hearts. I just found out they had three hearts. And they have like seven penises or something. They have it. But they don't. Their DNA doesn't match anything on the planet. So Uh they do think they were dropped here as a meteorite. And Mm -hmm. they're not only the most fascinating animal, but one of my favorite things about them is sometimes they will just punch another fish in the face for no reason. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> they just reach out i'm done with you bam <laughs> oh that's awesome <laughs> amy sent a text a couple of days ago and it was i think a tiktok or an instagram of one of them changing colors and she was like yeah. tell me they're not clouds tell me they're not the clouds <laughs> like they're, they're, they're they probably are um Everything in the in the water that freaks me out as well. Like me too. Happening. Have you ever seen in, in the in water? There. Like, see, so I'm like, I'm not really afraid of ghosts and spirits, but the ocean. As much as I would love to like dive, it's also my greatest fear. That, and I don't want to crawl through caves. I don't know how people do that spelunking or whatever that is. But did you ever see? I'll see if I can find this talk to TikTok where the ocean turns into a whirlpool. And it just gets uh-huh. like a big tornado and it just sucks everything in. That's terrifying. Yes. I have the same fear of the ocean. <laughs> and like, I, I'm, I'm, I, I know I drowned in a past life. Oh. Maybe it was Atlantis and I can be a cool kid. But when I was a kid, I used to have this reoccurring dream of floating on a stick. Not on a raft, but just on like <laughs> hanging on just like a stick. Just one stick just floating. And there's something about it. I'm like, I can, I was in Jamaica and I enjoyed sitting in the ocean right on the beach. And I was able to see my entire body in the ocean, but that was it. No more. I didn't need to go any deeper. Like that, that was, that was perfect. Yeah. But the same, it scares me. I was like, and, and that, that surf music from like the fifties that like twang beach boys, that whole as soon as I hear it, I get sh- like shivers down oh. my spine. It's like, oh, there's something. There's something about that. Maybe I maybe it was a surf accident. I don't know, but 
Maybe There's it was a Beach Boys just... accident. Could have been. <laughs> Could have been. I partied too much with the Beach Boys. That's and, right. And that guitar got me. <clears throat> they uh, uh, excuse me. You know, I had a uh, so I had when I was younger three psychics. Two of them told me in my last life I was in the circus, and one of them told me they didn't believe in past lives, but I should be working in the circus. And <laughs> I know, and I think it's very funny because either I was a man who walked on the high wire, which sounds for some reason that sounds right, and also like I'm a very athletic slender body like the kind of person that would be up there or i often wonder was i the woman in the that read the cards because tarot is such a big part of my life and how much i love tarot cards so i always think it sounds like whatever i was maybe i was the comedian it sounds like my last life i was doing triple jobs in the circus the joker <laughs> yes <laughs> exactly yeah, I, I I go in and out. I'm like, I wonder what I was doing, <laughs> and why am I here now doing this? And why did these oracle cards show up in my life? Uh -huh. What did all you know? So with with that, how did the tarot cards find you? Well, like I I always had uh, gone to psychics and readings and stuff, and I met this woman, and she was phenomenal she was everything you would dream a tarot reader would be she was spiritual she gave you spiritual advice while she was reading for you and she used to teach me a little bit of the cards each time and she said one day said you really should get a deck and I didn't really wasn't sure if I was psychic or I wasn't but I thought you know if I learn everything about these cards because she used to teach me the symbols and of course now I've it just sort of very few things stick with me. And this has to be a past life thing because not only does it stick with me after reading for 20 years, I still get tarot books. I still find new things about the cards and I really only use one deck, but, um, I just, they're something I love so much and they're so psychological. They're so the reflection, you know, Jungian, um, psychology is based on those, um, I always want to say stereotypes, archetypes. And that is the mm -hmm. major arcana. Like people don't realize when you see a movie, that is the the way it is formatted. It is the fool's journey. They wrote a book called mm -hmm. The Writer's Journey, which is literally the fool's journey. So you can literally match your tarot cards up to a movie. <laughs> mm -hmm. That's beautiful. Mm. Wow. Um, are, have you heard of Joseph Campbell? Yes. So he has uh, the hero's journey. Same. Uh -huh. That's thing, the same story. Right? Same concept. But there's a great documentary that was made that's called Finding Joe. And they made it in such a beautiful way of ah. explaining that this just the story that's in all of the stories. It's so great. Um, but that just had to pop in with all of it. Did the tarot ever scare you? No. And I'm always amazed when people are afraid of it. I know all the legends that you can't burn the tarot. You can't. I, I'm <laughs> not uh, comfortable with a Ouija board. But to me, I was taught uh, by this lady that was and still is my teacher. I still consider her my teacher. Um that these are pieces of cardboard and they have no power and what you're doing and the reflection in your mind is where all the power is. So you can do whatever you want with them. Love that. Yeah. Mm. On the other hand, a Ouija, yeah, a Ouija board <laughs> is a little more of a portal. You're, you're interacting in a different way. Mm -hmm. Yeah. There's, 
I um, like these, like someone left the deck at my house once. Oh. And just they just got sucked into my life. Just meant to be. And I got I got a, a tarot deck, and I'm like, I don't know. Like it doesn't, it's not. It doesn't. I don't know. Well, how I feel about this, <laughs> and I think it's like I was because I felt free with this, mm-hmm. right? Like there are no rules, right? Like I get to figure it out and connect to my intuition. And then with the tarot, I'm like, okay, I know there's some scary shit in here that I don't know. <laughs> I, I should figure out before, right? Like these are just like, let's see what happens, right? Let's let let's go. And the tarot, like I felt, deserves more respect. Oh, interesting. And I was just like, I don't, I, I don't want to give myself the time to sit down <laughs> and actually learn it um, in well, a way that I yeah. feel that it needs to be learned. Yes, it is actually to... a, a system. And it is mm-hmm. one of those things where the more you put into it, the more it comes to you. In fact, it was funny because I do a show called Psychic Stand-Up where I read the tarot from the stage. And it's my Uh favorite thing to do. And when I went to my teacher and I said, do you think that's disrespecting the cards? And she said, the fact that you asked shows that it's not, you know, but tarot is a pretty big, uh, bigger system than an Oracle deck. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. But it, I don't know that it has rules because everybody can read a different way. But once you right. you get into the symbolism, it's fascinating. Mm-hmm. Someday I'll actually. Yeah. Someday. Okay. <laughs> I'm gonna look into this. If you come to Pennsylvania, we're gonna stay over here. Yes, I'll give you. a Yes, we'll hang out. We'll hang out in Wilkes-Barre. You can show me some stuff. It'll be great. Exactly. Um, I just lost my. My, my brain. Just, I do that to people. We just this is the night of the eclipse, though. It is the night of the eclipse. It's four twenty. Uh-huh. All of the things are happening. <laughs> so, what I wanted to actually say before I forget, because we've been chatting for a while, is is thank you for your podcast. Oh, thank you. Because I think sometimes we do these things and we have no idea how it's affecting other people's life, right? Yes. So I just want to share this story with you, just of how you popped into my reality and just how things, you know, happen for a reason. So I think it was 2019 ish, somewhere around there. 2019. Yeah. Got weird. And I stopped smoking weed in 2019 and started meditating a lot. Mm -hmm. And Amy Spicer and I would go and like do a yoga class and then have a beer and a burger. I'd have a burger. And we would talk about like the weird shit that was happening in our meditations. (laughs) Right. And all these things like the synchronicities and just things that were happening. And I had another podcast and I was recording with a friend of mine and I said something about Neville Goddard. And he was like, you should check out um, Noah Lampert's Mm. podcast. So I'm like, okay. And I got sucked into Noah. I think the first episode that I listened to was his episode with Jessa. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was like, what the what did I just hear? <laughs> it stuck me in and then I started listening to Jessa and then somehow I caught connected to you and all of that. And I'm like, all of that stuff was happening just as 2020, like we were getting ready to go in the 2020. Mm-hmm. And I was like, what is going on? <laughs> like, cause it like in 2019, I was like, what is going on? Like I'm having these really intense meditation experiences and I'm listening to all of the podcasts and I'm like, okay, I'm not the only crazy one. Like there are people out oh, yeah. in the world saying this on a microphone. <laughs> <laughs> and and right around that time, Amy started this beautiful text chain with me and and Carrie. I don't know if you met Carrie uh-huh, yet. Yes, or if you know Amy's great. friends. Right. So we we've been on this beautiful text chain since 2019 and we're wow. like, oh shit. 
Something just happened. <laughs> Something just happened. But through all of that, right, like on my daily dog walks or, you know, when I don't know what day exactly your, your show comes out, it was like, oh, Karen's out. We're going to listen to Karen, see what <laughs> weird shit we can we can figure out today. So I don't feel like that much. And not that I think you're crazy, but it was like reassuring that like, wait, mm-hmm. there are other people that are tapping in and knowing some things that something might be happening and then shit happens. So I'm like, Okay. Yeah. So it's like all of that. And then your, um, the episodes that you do with everybody making the predictions. Oh yes. My predictions episode. I think, yeah, I do them every beginning of the year. And last year I did one in June. I'm thinking of doing one again. There are a lot of work, but they're really quite interesting. Yes. And that is like, okay, we're not weirdos. No. We're not weirdos. We're giving everybody permission (laughs) to be themselves. That's what a podcast is for. Exactly. Exactly. And the more I listen, I'm like, man, man, it's okay. It's okay. <laughs> yeah. And then the pandemic hit and I, it was me and my dog. And I'm like, I don't know what, to, what I'm going to do. I'm going to pull Oracle cards. And I start pulling Oracle cards every day, just going live mm. every day. I'm just like, fuck it. Let's do this. And from doing it, it's just like, oh my goodness, what's happening? What's going on? All good stuff. Mm-hmm. Right. But it was just like, oh, wow, this is really intense well you have i have to say you have an incredible voice and i really think you could be doing meditation stuff your voice is really calming thank you i teach yoga and meditation as well and i'm really for everybody out there that's listening i would love to break in to like figure out how to do voiceover oh but again it's one of those things that i don't want to sit down and be like this is how i gotta break into this and I hate to say it that way. Everything's a process, <laughs> like, but, right? Right. And my past life, I was a photographer. I still am a photographer. Right? And I was like, I left the normal world and became a photographer. And then I taught yoga and now I'm a coach and I do all of the things. And it's like, I, I don't want to have to market something else to be like, I'm a voiceover guy. If you want me to be your voiceover, here's your ad. Give me a call and we'll set it up. That's right. Well, you know, that's like when you move to Hollywood, people are like, are you doing commercials or are you doing acting? And I'm like, that is a whole nother whatever classes. And then learning to audition is a whole nother thing. And I just happen to be a person that it has to be easy. Like if I couldn't do my podcast with a phone call, if I had to put on makeup and get dressed, it wouldn't happen. So it has to be easy. <laughs> Uh, but the stand-up is easy for you. Oh yeah. Well, stand-up is, yeah, I, I really think, I think stand-up is my, yeah, stand-up is me. And then right now I kind of do half and half. And then of course I do them both on stage, but Mm -hmm. stand-up is who I am. That will always be the ultimate, you know, mixing them is the dream and one feeds the other tarot clients want to see the stand-up and stand-up people want to have a tarot reading. And it's all good. So I'm so lucky to have two things that I love and no bosses. But now at this point in my life, stand-up is not, um, it's tricky, but it's not hard. Like, in other words, I kind of have the same bookers so I can go out and get booked all the time or find shows. And I have enough uh, experience that it's not that hard. Um, And always growing and putting out new jokes. And that I love. In the beginning, it's pretty hard. And I really don't mind traveling all over the place. So it makes me happy. Mm-hmm. So with your, your comedy, 
how are you pulling a lot of stuff from the paranormal world now or if and i i'm always so curious i i i'm like this weird i've had this weird realization of like i think i really like comedy mm-hmm. i watched the the documentary about the comedy store mm-hmm. oh my god so good yeah and just and again it's like the you, you comedians that are also having these podcasts that are talking about like how oh, are these funny people right <laughs> and like then i get curious like how do you write bits like do you sit down and think like this is what i'm gonna do or i just had this experience and i'm going to talk about this experience um some of both now usually even if you have an experience you're gonna write it out and make sure you hit your punchlines. in fact it's kind of funny because comedy is made to look easy so everyone thinks they can do comedy and i'm always like you should get on stage and see what it's like (laughs) you know what i mean oh my friends tell Mm. me i should be a comic well, get up there and see what five minutes is like, because it is a dedication. It is a discipline. Um, it Sometimes it's just telling a story and then you tweak it and then you fix it. I love writing jokes, but my favorite, I do a lot of riffing with the crowd and uh, psychic standup. That is all uh, off the top of my head, even the readings, you know, and the whole thing. And to me, mm-hmm. after being in this business 30 years, that's the most challenging fun to me. I can tell and. And it really is fun and challenging to write jokes because it's sort of a science that's never, it's just one of these things where you can write, technically write a perfect joke and it's not funny. And the next day you can write another one and it's hysterical. So it's just kind of a wonderful, um, I think I like things that don't have a finish line and are just mysteries because comedy can be, no two audiences are alike. They're all different. So you're always calculating you're always kind of, I, I always think sometimes stand-ups, uh, a lot of that have depression problems, they're like, the only time I'm happy is when I'm on stage because you're in the moment. You have to be in the moment or you, I can feel if I start to drift that they will start to drift and I know how to bring them right back. But um, mm-hmm. yeah, so it's kind of a little of both. You have to be able to work off your, you know, if they're not digging your material, go off the cuff. But um, yeah, stand-up is really my love. Mm-hmm. Um, what, how, how did, how did that happen? How, how did, how did you become a, a stand up? Like, again, cause it's not one of those things. I'm going to be a teacher. Nah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's funny because I, you know, I was a terrible student. I hated school. I ended up going to college and I ended up finishing a semester early cause I hated it so much. And I remember in college, watching a show late at night and there was a comedian named Karen Haber on there. And I kept thinking, I could do that. I think I could do that. So I just, I had to, I, you know, had to get it. I was not, I'm not built to live in one place or stay in one place. I have to be traveling. So I just took off for some reason. I went to Vegas and I became a cigarette girl at Caesar's palace. And I was met a bellman and he did stand up and he said, you should try it then. And I went and did an open mic and I was terrible. And I was, I got one huge laugh and I was like, that's it. That's what I'm doing. There's no, there was no question. There was no, and it's funny because my father, who's pretty tough and was kind of a mean guy that when I told him I was going to be a standup, that was the only time he ever said, I think you'd be really good at that. Oh, that's 
And then from then I just did whatever, you know, then you find open mics, then you move to a city that's bigger then you go on TV. Then you, you know what I mean? I just kept going, but it is, you know, I'm not, I always say I'm not a find the, the prince and live happily ever after girl. I'm the handsome neighbor over a couple of nights a week girl that. So (laughs) I'm always, you know, I want to be on the road. I was just in Vegas a couple of weeks ago, you know, I'm on my way to Pennsylvania, this and that, all that stuff. That's how I need to live. I feel really like I need to be free. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. I um, <clears throat> got tricked into doing stand-up oh. once. Just really quick, like just a three minute open mm-hmm. mic thing. But I was, I was happened to be in LA. My friend was, picked me up from the airport she was like you can go home and be by yourself or come i'm gonna do this open mic thing i'm like i'll totally come and watch you thinking that i get to go right and as we're walking down the street she was like oh by the way everybody that comes in you pick a number and that's oh i'm like what do you mean everybody that comes in she was like if you come in you have to perform is was she lying because i've never seen that usually you're looking for an audience she was lying but we went in and there we wrote our name down they we put, pulled the, <laughs> pulled, the, pulled, the, pulled the number out of the hat i had five and she had six she was like we got the best spots uh-huh. right at the end and right at the beginning <laughs> and i'm like wow okay and i just sat there she was like what are you gonna do i was like i guess i'm gonna tell my most embarrassing <laughs> story well good did you like it and it, i loved it it was great the people that had the like the real comedians that were there that were working on that had mm-hmm. their notebooks were pissed and i was just like i you guys don't know who i am let me tell you this embarrassing story right and it was like you really you're not doing this I'm like no like i'm just joking like this is my story that i don't i'm just here visiting she tricked me you know so that was really interesting as well and just a couple of days ago i lived in philadelphia for 20 years and I just moved back about a year and a half ago because I want to be in the woods. And so much of what I do now is through through the interweb. So why, mm-hmm. why be somewhere? Um, so I'm here. And the other day, I still have my partner lives in New Jersey. And so I have her YouTube TV. So I still get my Philly. I still get my Philly stations. And I'm addicted to Fox Good Day, Philadelphia. There's something about the Philadelphia Fox morning show that gives me this weird comfort feeling. And there was something, they were talking about a comedy club, and the comedy club is hiring, like, everybody. You know, from doormen to all of it. And I'm like, if I still lived there, I bet you I would go just try to get a job one night a week just to be there, just to hang out. Because like I said, all of a sudden recently, like now that I don't live in a city, I'm like, I think I like comedy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'd like to see it more. And when that popped up, I told my partner, I was like, I would love to just like, if I was still there, like have that. And she was like, why? I'm like, just to be around yeah. it, just to be around it and see what it was, what it's like. Because honestly, that documentary about the store, if I would have saw that probably when I was 18, I'm like, I'm fine. I'm going. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go do that. It just looks so much fun. Uh, it's fun. Just being in that environment. Yeah. I think if you can be creative as well, like that, like seeing, and I think for me also seeing a bunch of dudes be creative. We're in my space. It's like, I don't see a lot of dudes like being open and creative, uh-huh. but in the comedy world, here we are. Right. And they're strong, masculine guys being creative and that really got me it's like oh like they're talking about art i don't know if they know they're talking about art 
or if they consider it an art. But it's it was I don't know this whole new found like realization of I I like this stuff. Yeah, well, you know, there's a cognitive scientist named Edward De Bono who used to teach lateral thinking to corporations. And the first thing he would do is he would diagram a joke because he says this is the most creative form of thinking. And he would show how it's thought splitting. So if you have a joke, a really simple joke would be uh, my dad was a rabbit hunter. Once it took him two days, finally shot a rabbit scared the hell out of the magician. So it's a simple (laughs) twist, but it's like that, writer who i guess it's me has to see that rabbit in two separate places to make that switch and he talks about how it really is a sort of a different way of thinking and i will tell you this it's a i don't know that i would say comics are really smart people or really i don't even know if i want to say iq because i don't even know if that's the smartest but they're on their feet there i've often said i would rather hang around with comics i don't like than civilians I do, because we are all very much alike and we kind of get each other. And uh, yeah, so it's, it's, it is a different way of thinking and it is kind of an addiction. I can see that. And it's I, a puzzle. I don't know if you can see over there. I've got, right. I've got um, my little, my little Jerry Seinfeld oh. and, and friends <laughs> over there. And I, I saw that, I think, on a TikTok video and I sent it to Tina and I was like, here's my birthday <laughs> present. I want little, I want little Jerry. When Seinfeld was on, like I was grow like mm-hmm. I was 19, 20, 21, right? Like, like watching this and getting all that smart ass. Yeah. So I find like I cope with that Seinfeld smart ass. So along with Little Jerry, she got me his book, uh-huh. Sign Language. Oh, yeah. Which I thought was like a book about his life, but it's like his bits. Yeah. It's all it's and that was a whole new world reading bits. Uh-huh. Like reading that. I'm like, oh my goodness, this is like this is this is his act that I'm reading. And it, then I'm like, oh, I guess this is how you write jokes. Yes. You actually, you actually write. He was, he right? was actually one of the greatest technical writers I think we've ever had. Like there's technically there's eight jokes. There are only eight jokes and every joke is a derivative of the eight original. So it is like having the formula in your head. And I have a friend, uh, one of my best friends wrote for Conan for 25 years. And when you throw something at him, you can see, because he was writing 25 jokes a day for Conan every day, you can see he can hit every, he just hits those formulas. They just file out. Now, a perfect joke is formula and then you. You're like my perspective. You had asked me how much of my stuff is paranormal. A lot of my stuff is paranormal. I have a special that I'm getting ready to shoot. It'll probably be out in 2024, but it's literally a whole story of how I was fooling around with witchcraft and something got attached to me and how we got it off. And so that one's going to be all paranormal, but it's finding those formulas in the most possible your way. Like my friend that writes for Conan, he always laughs because he says, you'll go on stage and say, Hey, I was uh, talking to some aliens on a spaceship and everyone in the audience will go, you know, I think she was 
talking to because it's me so it's like i will say i was using a ouija board and they all go where if someone else says it it's like yeah that premise isn't really working for you but he's always like you say these crazy things and <laughs> just make them real <laughs> mm-hmm. that's uh, that's the beauty of it and what makes it yes. good. i love that that there's eight um eight core jokes that instantly makes me think of our eight ener- energy yeah. centers. Right? <laughs> um, and honest, I had no idea either that there was, you know, or mm-hmm. is such a thing. Um, of course, a formula, but not that there, I'm going to have to. Google yeah. It, I mean, if you're really interested, there's a book called comedy writing secrets or, uh, and there's a little, I think some, I think some people will say they're 14 or seven or something. The numbers may for stand up, I believe it's eight. And then for other things, cause they might add like, this is a political thing or something, but it's really a basic. And then when you start to get around comedy enough, you start to get funny because those formulas start to ring in your head. Uh-huh. Totally makes sense. So as we wrap things up, I have to ask this one question. How about bombing? How about when you, you throw out that joke and it's just it's nothing? Well, if you, it happens to everybody. The great, the great sure. David Brenner said sure. every comic has X number of bombs in their career and it's just, you go through them. But as you get more, as for an amateur to go on and have a joke bomb, it's like, oh my God, the end of the world. But the more you do it, the more you have recovery lines, the more you can make fun of it didn't work, or here's another joke you're going to hate. So it's, but you get used to it because like, I still go to open mics and stuff and put out, uh, you know, walk right up with the list. Here's the new joke. Is it funny? Do they laugh? Do they not laugh? So you have to try all of it. Nobody, nobody is writing an act that goes, I had to laugh because someone said, I want to do comedy. And I was like, all right, we'll go to open mic and learn all these different things, learn your stage present. And she's like, no, no, I think I'm just going to tape a special. And I was like, (laughs) "Uh, yeah, okay. All right. That's going to be great. That's going to be great. (laughs) People really. That's some big dreams right there. It's a weird thing because people, there is a, it is a craft and it is a talent. And sometimes people mm-hmm. think it's just, I made my fun friend laugh today. So that's what it's like. Right. Not really. Right. And we don't like, look like, like the, literally everything that you just shared with all of us, <laughs> most of us probably had no idea that there is yeah. right. Here's the structure. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and follow that, which completely makes sense. And just the, the example of the rabbits and thinking in that way of, oh, right, I have to have my rabbit in two different places. Like that is, that's thinking on your feet then. Yeah. Right. Really <laughs> quick. Um, and being, right, being, being in that space, being present. Uh, thank you so thank much. Thank you, for, Joe. Uh, this has been a blast. For, for your time, <laughs> for hanging out, for sharing all of the things from the paranormal to um, creatively creating comedy. some comedy bits um where i mean everyone can find all of your links i put them in the show Great. notes but is there anything happening that you would like to tell us all about or ways that people can learn and practice and do the things sure with you? well if they go to my website um there's a tarot class if you want to learn tarot there's a patreon where i teach tarot monthly that's a like various three dollars a day to 15 
Um, very important. There is that spiritual protection class. If anyone wants to take it, there's various prices. And if you don't have any money, send me an email and I'll send you a code and don't worry about it. We want that information to get out. All the money that is raised from it goes to shooting my next special with my friend, Tommy, who's in the class. Um, and then other than that, sign up for my email list because I am everywhere this year. I'm in Florida. I'm in Dubai. I'm in California. I'm in Utah. I'm in Vegas. So I will be sending out emails and hopefully I will be in, uh, at the, uh, not the turning stone, Mohegan sun. See, I'm giving you a Mohegan big hug. Sun. I will be there. <laughs> <laughs> I've never been there, but I will go oh, for fun. you, Karen. I will go for you. Uh, thank you so much. I really appreciate thank your you. time. And, all of the things that you do and your energy and all of it. Thank you. Thank you so much. And for everybody that's been here with us, thanks for being here. I'll see you really soon.